This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. A brand new series last week, a question when you need an answer. A question when you need an answer. And the whole deal about that was, very often when we look in the New Testament, when people came to Jesus with questions, he responded with a question. And uh, the reason he did that was, and over a hundred times, there's about 130 odd incidents of that, as far as I can see, um, right through the New Testament when Jesus actually did that. He asked questions. And the reason he did that was to get the people he was asking the questions of to think about what they actually believed. It was to get us involved into the whole idea that it's not just to go to him for all the answers, but actually we can have some of the answers when we put our faith in God. Now last week it was about the storm, and the disciples were in the storm in a boat, and uh, you know things were, these, some of them were, were experienced fishermen, but they were still terrified by the storm. And we looked at how Jesus, when they were waking Jesus up and they're shaking him, I'm imagining, just absolutely frantic. And Jesus says, why are you so afraid? Well, obviously, why are we afraid? Because we're in a flipping storm. The state of it, we're going to drown. What's going to happen? You know, Jesus, surely you can see that. And Jesus taught them that his presence was with them. And, uh, you know, that we learned that we're in the storm with his presence which is wonderful, whatever we're going through. And I believe there was some breakthrough last week and people who stood for prayer and believe that your fear, you know, you've given that to God and you've been stronger this week. I actually believe that as we pray and ask for release last week. So we're in the storm with His presence and we're in the storm for His purposes. And God can do something through us through the storm. So that's what we looked at. Now, there's another question we're going to come to uh, today. And you know, just to remind us, that because Jesus never asked you a question, or he didn't ask them a question because he didn't know the answer. He was seeking to find out what they knew. And so when we have questions, that's a great way that proves our faith and sees what God wants to say to us. And so the question we've got uh, today is, Jesus said, do you believe I'm able to do this? So I'm going to read that in just a few moments. But Jesus said, do you believe I'm able to do this? So when some people asked Jesus for some help, he said to them, do you believe I'm able to do this? And this is a key thing that we need to understand and grasp and get hold of today. That when we come to God with a request, with a need, it is really important if we actually believe that he is able to do it. Faith is, a, it is essential. God responds to faith, not need. God responds to our faith and sees that we actually believe that God's going to come through and their response is there. We'll unpack that and look at that in a little bit more detail. So if you feel you need a touch from God this morning, Jesus says, do you believe I can do this? Do you believe you need a breakthrough? We've already heard that from Dan. In a particular area, whatever that challenge might be right now, the question that you need to be able to answer is, from God, do you believe I can do this? Because God responds to our faith, which is actually really good news in my book. So let me give you some context. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 9. 
in the New Testament, right there, Matthew 9, just a few uh, verses. And what had happened here, earlier in the chapter, Jesus had raised a young girl from the dead. Pretty big deal. Huge deal. And uh, news of this had spread. So you can imagine no internet, well you can't imagine no internet, can you? Because you disrespect the habit. But no internet, no TV, nothing. But news of this incredible miracle had spread, as it would. Jungle Telegraph, word of mouth, whatever it was. So news had spread, but... Wasn't that funny, Dan? News had spread... <laughs> news had spread that Jesus had raised this young girl from the dead. So the whole place was buzzing with this news. And there was excitement, there was expectation. That's what happens when God does things. When God does something in your life, there's an expectation that you'll do some more. When you see God at work in a particular area, there becomes an expectation that God's going to come through and do something else. And our faith begins to rise when that happens. So let's look at Matthew chapter 9, just a few verses here from 27. As Jesus went on from there, that's from healing the girl, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he'd gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked them, Do you believe, and he asked them, sorry, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? So they're asking for healing. Jesus said, Do you believe I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. He touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it, done be, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. They had a question, they're crying out for healing. Jesus retorts with another question, do you believe I can do this? Now I want you to just kind of just pause, think about this for just one moment, because this is so key that we grasp this. When Jesus, when we come to God with a need, the response in our heart has to be that we actually genuinely, in our heart of hearts, believe that He's able to do this. Just think about that, we'll come back to it. And actually, the, when it says they called out, it says in those verses, these two blind men were calling out. The Greek word there is the word krezo, which only used as far as I, I'm aware, and one other time in the New Testament. In Revelation 22, when that word is used of a woman crying out in childbirth. If you've felt that your first child, it's bloody at this moment. But crying out in passion at this time, that... It's an absolutely passionate cry. This wasn't just these guys, oh, I think Jesus is going past. Excuse me, excuse me. It wasn't that. It was a passionate cry. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. Heal us. We have a massive need. Please help us. They were desperate. They were crying out with incredible passion. Jesus retorted, do you believe I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, we believe, was their answer. Jesus touched their eyes and healed them, and their sight was restored. Not sure whether they'd always been blind, whether it was something that just happened later in life. We're not absolutely sure, but their sight was restored. It was an incredible miracle. Notice his words. According to your faith, be it done to you. According to your faith, may it be done to you. Very important to know that particular scripture. Not according to your income or according to your status, or according to your title, or where you live, or anything like that. That's, God is not interested in those things. God sees past those things. God always says, according to your 
faith. Don't think it's according to how important other people think you are, or even people in church think you are. It's not down to that, it's according to our faith. It's not according to whether you're a pastor or a life group leader or whatever, it's not according to that, it's according to your faith. And so Jesus says, according to your faith, let it be done to you, and these guys were healed. So this is very encouraging, right? It's very encouraging that God responds to faith. Very encouraging. Not particularly encouraging if you don't think you have any faith. But I want faith to rise and I want to encourage you that you can put, we can put our trust in God because He is, is to be trusted and our faith can rise. It can be discouraging if you're standing in faith and you're still standing in faith and you've been standing in faith on the same thing for years and years and years. Nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. It can be discouraging. It can be even more discouraging when somebody comes along to you, perhaps well-meaning, but I would uh, question that and says, well, it's probably because you haven't got enough faith. It's possibly because you're not actually praying in the right way. It's probably because you're not really desperate enough. Now, it's a sad situation that when people are holding on to God and people are standing in faith and believing for breakthrough, that we could come along and discourage that faith. It's our job as members of God's kingdom to build that faith, to stand alongside people, to encourage them in that. It might be the storm, it might be a tough time, it might be a long time coming through, but we encourage one another in that. So we don't put people into condemnation, because Romans 8, 28 says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So if you want to remember one scripture, remember that one. It's, it's better than a fridge magnet scripture. It's something you can commit to memory. Romans 8, 28. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So don't get into condemnation because what you've been believing for, for what you've had faith for, hasn't happened yet. Don't let that put you into condemnation. Just be encouraged to stay in faith and keep believing God for that. Keep on hanging on in there. When God doesn't do something, it's not your fault. Need to hear that again. When God doesn't do something, it's not your fault. God is sovereign. His ways are higher than our ways. We don't understand why some things don't happen. We don't understand why things don't turn out the way we want them to turn out. But don't let that become your fault, your problem, your condemnation, your shame. Don't let that, any of that kind of stuff stick to you because this is a grace environment and this God operates in grace and God is gracious to us. Thank God for that. We all need it. I do. You do. We absolutely do need to live in that position of grace. But don't let be discouraged when things don't come through. So I've made that abundantly clear, I think. Made that very clear, so when you hear what I am God about to say and give you a couple of pointers, I want you to not forget what I've just said. We're going to build on that principle that God responds to faith. We're going to build on the principle that we are not discouraged when God doesn't answer in a way that we expect Him to. We're not going to give up, we're going to stay in faith and we're going to believe that God will come through. And there are people in this room who are uh, testimonies, they're evidence of faith. You are here through faith. You are here because someone prayed for you for many years in some situations. And you're here because nobody, that person didn't quit. They didn't give up. 
the stayed in faith. Even when nothing was happening, they stayed in faith. So God honours faith. So what kind of faith does God honour? Kind of three different aspects or, or three different types of faith that God honours. And here is the first one. Faith that believes when it doesn't see. Faith that believes when, when it doesn't see. So God honours faith that believes even when it doesn't see. Get that, okay? So, Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things which we cannot see. Sounds a bit strange, right? Sounds a bit kind of a little bit out there that we can believe things that we can't see. But that's what faith does. Faith looks and sees that things can be different to where they are. That things don't have to always be the same as they've always been. Faith, even though you can't see the change yet, you can't see the difference yet, faith continues to believe that there will be change, that things are going to turn around, the circumstances are going to turn around, the situations are going to turn around, the people are going to be turned around, whatever. Faith sees that. Faith is the confidence. Faith is, is the confidence, excuse me, that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So clearly in this little story about these two blind guys, that is exactly what happened there. They couldn't see, literally couldn't see. They certainly couldn't, obviously couldn't see Jesus. They ha- didn't have their sight, so they couldn't naturally like, see in that, respe- in that respect. They couldn't see that, but you know, they believed, they had a confidence in Jesus, and that's where we place our confidence, not in our own abilities, our own faith, but our confidence is in Him, in His faithfulness, of course, so they had confidence in Jesus, they cried out to Him, and it it seems like initially, when if you read it carefully, you see that He didn't kind of respond immediately, He kept on walking, excuse me, I'm talking to they're shouting and crying out to Jesus. Jesus kept on walking. And he actually walked indoors. He walked into the place where he was probably staying overnight or whatever. But he walked indoors. He didn't stay with them when they bring the request. He walked on. But they decided they would follow him no matter what. And that was perhaps that Jesus was testing their faith. That they were prepared to follow before they got the answer. They were prepared to have faith even when they couldn't yet see. They had confidence in God. And when he said to them, do you believe I can do this? He said, they said, yes Lord, we believe. You can see what happens here. And I want to ask you the same question this morning. You know, these guys continued to follow even when they didn't have the answer. Are we prepared to follow when we don't have the answer? Are we prepared to keep going? Because do we believe that he can do this? Do we absolutely, are we absolutely confident and convinced that God can come through? If we are, we'll keep following no matter what might happen. And these guys followed Jesus indoors, into this room. They weren't invited. They weren't, wasn't where they were supposed to be. But they said, listen, we're going to keep following no matter what. We can't see, but we're going to keep following. And we, we will get what we believe. They believed Jesus was able to be the answer. And you know, our actions and our words show the truth about what we really believe. It's easy to say, I believe in God for whatever, but our actions prove that. If we continue to follow, 
That's an evidence that we believe in God that we talk about. If we continue to follow, even when things go badly, badly messy, pear shaped mess in our lives, whatever we continue to follow. That's a, that's a test of our maturity. It's a test of how genuine our faith is if we continue to follow. Our actions and our words indicate, because sometimes if we say we believe in God, we behave like we're just trying to, I'll sort this myself and I'll leave God to one side and I'll, I'll, I'll make this work. And that, that betrays that we probably haven't got complete confidence in God, but when our actions and our words combine together, that's when things begin to happen. You know, if we say, well, we kind of come out with comments like, well, you know, I've tried everything, all I can, all I can do now is pray. How do you imagine that's heard in heaven? All, all right, that, that's, that's, things are really tough right now, this is it, right? Because you're just relying on me. That's God's thinking. You really are at the end of it. Must be also no. God wants us to go to Him first. God wants us to place our confidence in Him first and keep it with Him all the time. And you know, we we do what we need to do. But we completely keep our confidence in Him. All we can do now is pray. Pray should be our first resort, not our prayer should be our first resort, not our last resort. Pressure to be our continual communion with God, our consistent communion with God, as we believe. Don't use that kind of language. That, that you know, last week, you know, if I ask you a question, you know, we talked last week about being in the storm, and, and uh, if you weren't here, perhaps you listened on another podcast, some of you will, will have done that. And I just wonder, what have you been praying about this week? What have you been praying about consistently, day after day, this week? Now, I am not naive, and for some of us, the answer to that would be, could be, well, not, not a lot actually, I've just kind of got through the week. Well, by doing that, you are proving that your confidence is not in God. It might seem a bit hard, but it's absolutely true, because if our confidence in God, we stick with it. If our confidence in God, we stay there. If there's something on your heart, you'll keep on praying for it. If you've got a desperate, urgent need in your life or in your family, nobody needs to remind you to pray about that, do they? Absolutely don't. You're there. You're absolutely there. I'm there with God. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for this. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely desperate. Why don't we suggest this morning that we all need to carry each other's burdens? That's what the Bible says. That is the will of Christ. So we have a responsibility as part of the community. When everything's going well for us, life's just all beer and skittles. There's just no hassles, no problems in our lives. We still carry others' burdens. We still do that. We don't just say, oh, it's okay for me. That'll be right. I'll, I'll check in with God, you know, sometime in the future when things start going a bit wrong for me. No, we carry each other's burdens. So every week I'm praying for you. Every week I'm praying for breakthrough in the lives of people. Every week I'm praying for people in our community who are sick and need a miracle. I'm praying for those who are caring for those people that need help. I'm praying, praying, praying for all sorts of situations. Well, that's your job, you're the pastor. Obviously you would do that. Or maybe you might think that. But let me tell you, in community, in family, we carry each other's burdens. We believe together. We ask for breakthrough together. We ask God to touch hearts Together, We ask God to make changes uh, together, together, together. 
that's what we believe. If you don't pray about much, you probably suggest that you don't actually really believe that God's all that active. Because if we believe, we pray. If we really believe God's in charge and God can make a difference, we keep that at close account, we keep in communion with Him. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you've kind of been praying, and you can't see it, and you've been staying in faith and can't see it, don't quit. Stay with it, and let's see where God can come, how God can come through. You might, if you're praying for some really big things right now, I would suggest that I also would portray that you believe in a big God. Not in a little God, in a big God. You know, and we pray in, in our family for small things, and we, we thank God for the food that, that we eat, and, and that might be a relatively, it seems a small thing to us in the West, but for millions of people that's a big deal because they don't have a lot to eat. But for, so we say, thank you God, that there's food on our table, food in the fridge. It's a big deal. It is actually a big deal. But you know, we can go, well, I'm kind of in control of that because I've got enough money to buy food to eat and, you know, I can put a roof over, the, over our heads and pay the gas bill. It's okay. No, but, no, but I've got to have faith in God to trust Him for bigger things. In my context, in your context, we need to believe God for big things. So are we believing for big things in your life? In this community, I believe in the big things. You know, people who uh, have all sorts of tra- challenges, perhaps your, your, your marriage isn't maybe what it, it, it used to be or what it could be. It might be a big, might be a big thing. I've seen time after time God restore marriages in this community over years. Living testimonies to the goodness of God. Don't quit <coughs> believe God. Many other examples. Do you believe God can help you overcome an addiction that's plagued you for years? Absolutely. Do you believe God can heal you for something? Absolutely. You, you, you put your request in there. You put your big thing there. You know exactly what that is. You don't need me to tell you what that is. And if you keep believing, we can see what God can do. God, Jesus said, do you believe I can do this? It's faith that believes when, you, when it doesn't seem good. Secondly, it's faith that persists when nothing changes. Faith that persists when nothing changes. This proves, as I've said I think already, that we really are followers of Jesus. We just keep believing when nothing changes. Now you may have joined, you've become a Christian recently and think, well, whoa, you know, I'm just like, everything's just going great. Everything's like, everything I pray for, there's an answer. And God's really good like that. Okay, when we first become Christians, I think this happens, I've got no theology for it, right? So you just have to, it'll just have to be my opinion. But it seems that when you first become a Christian, that God just keeps answering and answering and answering. But when we come to maturity, God's expect, expecting us to take bigger steps, for our faith to grow, to be a little bit out there in what we're believing for. But that proves that God can trust us, and He's growing us, and we're maturing in our faith. It's faith that persists when nothing changes. A faith that continues to believe when things are not how they should be or how we'd like them to be. You will have examples of that. Keep on staying in faith. Faith that persists when nothing changes. For me, a recent example is this building. For three years we had an unfinished shell. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But I always knew what God had said. 
So I stayed in faith. And not just me, of course. Many of you, we stayed together. We stayed in faith. We believed. Because you've got to persist when nothing changes. That's what faith looks like. These guys say, Jesus, have mercy on me. But Jesus keeps on walking. Have mercy on us. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. We need to be healed. We need a miracle. We need a change in our lives. We've not got a lot to look forward to. We, 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 we can't have a family. We can't, we can't get in prospects. We can't get a job. We can't do anything. God, help us, help us, help us. They persisted by following him indoors to make sure that they got what they wanted. Let me suggest to you this morning that we need to persist in prayer. That we need to stay in faith. We need to keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on. Colossians 4, verse 2 in the Amplified Bible says this. Be persistent and devoted to prayer. Being alert and focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. Just unpack that for a moment. Be persistent. Keep going. Be devoted. When something matters to you, you devote yourself to it. You're committed to it. Be devoted be alert and focused. When you've got a problem, the focus is on the problem, not the answer. Stay alert. Stay focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. I love that. We keep an attitude of thanksgiving. Then we keep still grateful when things are not going too well. We're still grateful when things haven't happened, when we haven't got the answer. We stick with it. We are persistent we keep on a going. A faith that persists when nothing changes. Let me throw it out again to you this morning. Something you're believing for, something you've got faith for, it hasn't happened. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Nothing's changed. It's just the way it's always been. Persist, persist, persist. Keep going. Stay in faith and let's see what God can do. Devoted, alert, focused. Keep our good attitude of thanksgiving. Wonderful, wonderful. What, what do you do about that? You know, I, I think sometimes we need to do something. I don't think faith is a passive thing. Faith is an active thing. Let me tell you one of the things that I do. You know, I'm believing God for us to finish this building and the car park and all that kind of stuff and all that. So what do I do? Is at some days I'm out in the car park and I'm praying. It's raining, whatever, I'm praying. I'm saying, God, help us to get this project finished. God, help us to sell that old building. God, come through. I'm just, I'm just believing that. I'm just daffing enough to think that God's actually listening and hears what we're saying. I'm actually believing God is interested and God cares about that. I absolutely believe that that's what's happening. I'm persisting. I'm staying in it. I don't know what it might be for you, but let me encourage you to persist. When nothing changes, don't, don't give up. Jesus told the story in Luke chapter 18. And in Luke chapter 18, it's a story, we know the story of the persistent widow. We don't know this lady's name. She's called a persistent widow. For 2,000 years, that's her name. But we're actually talking about it today because Jesus used an example. She wanted justice from a judge and the judge wasn't interested. She was in pain. It, it, it was an unjust judge. He wasn't interested in sorting this out for her. He wasn't interested in helping her. But Jesus tells a story about this persistent wid widow who just kept going and going and going and kept on saying, Judge, I need some justice. 
judge, I need some, I, I need help with this. You know, I, 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 you need to help me with this. And because she went on and on and on, in the end, he gave in. Not because he was a good man, not because he was just. He gave in because of her persistence. And Jesus says, well, think about this for a moment. How much more would your heavenly Father who actually loved you, who is good and who is just, would want to give good things to those who love, love him? Absolutely. So God's not trying to hold, keep things from us. God wants to bless us, and so we need to be persistent in that. You know, it's like a kid at Christmas. I want, I want, I want. And I'm not suggesting we give in to our children and give them everything they ask for. I'm not suggesting that. But you do know, as I know, my kids keep persistent, persistent, persistent. They get your ear. You listen. We're persistent in our prayers. God wants to see that we really actually believe in Him. That we really actually believe that He can do these things. So be persistent in prayer. God responds to faith, even that does not give up when nothing is changing. You know, you may have prayed for your husband, your wife, for many, many years, your daughter, your son. I have a brother who doesn't follow God. As long as I've got breath, I will pray for him. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Absolutely nothing's changed. He's not invested. But I'm staying in faith. I'll keep praying. The rest is down to God, actually. The rest is up to God. But I'm going to stay in faith, and I'm going to keep praying. And I, So you might have lost causes. There's no such thing, actually. But you might, you might have thought that that's what it looks like. But we're going to stay in faith. We're going to keep believing. Persists when nothing happens. That is the kind of faith that God honours, that actually moves the heart of God. The kind of faith that believes when it doesn't see. The kind of faith that persists even when nothing changes. And finally, the third one here is faith that works even when it doesn't seem to make sense. Some things you're believing for to others might not make a whole lot of sense. Sometimes to you, they might not make a whole lot of sense. But you actually believe that that's, this is what God said, and this is what God is going to do. We're standing in a great example of that. Faith to believe in a huge project for just a few hundred people. It's a ridiculous project in that respect. It doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? Why do you put yourself through that? Why would you go through all those challenges? Well, because... We actually believe God said it, and we actually believe it's so important for the salvation of hundreds and thousands of people over the years. That's what we're believing for. That's what we're actually believing for. So it might not have made sense to other people, people who criticize in the community, all sorts of things that were said to me or about me. But that actually doesn't matter, because we persist in faith, even when it doesn't make sense. Because we know what God has said, and now this is here to the honour and to the glory of God, which is what it's all about. There's a big difference between hope and faith. Hope is a desire. Faith is a demonstration that actually moves and actually does something. It acts, it works. It's not just waiting for God. Faith doesn't just wait for God. Faith is active. It actually does. There isn't any other kind of faith. Faith is never passive. Faith always has to be active in that respect, we need to start moving. We need to get some momentum going. So in our prayers, we've got to start believing. We, the momentum is in our prayers as we pray, as we believe, and we start to believe for things. You know, it's a bit like if you say, well, I'm lonely, no one ever speaks to me, no one ever invites me around. What do you do about that? 
You just pray about it. No, you don't, you don't pray about it. You invite someone around. You know where someone invites you, but you know where I'm, I'm going to stand here uh, for an hour and see if anyone speaks to me. That would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. No, we're active. We are proactive. And so in our faith, there are things that we can do. These guys couldn't see, but they could hear about what God has done, and they could follow. They did what they could. They didn't try to do what they couldn't do, but they did what they could, and God responded to that. We can make excuses for what we can't do, and what we can't achieve, but we say, God, that, that's not where we're going to be. This is what we can do, and this is what we are going for. Faith that works, even when it doesn't seem to make Sense. There's a story in the Old Testament about a man called Abraham. It's a horrendous story that I cannot get my head around, right? I, I'll be honest, I cannot get my head around, I'm always honest, I can't get my head around this particular story. He's Abraham. He's Abraham. God speaks to him because Abraham wanted a son. He was desperate for family, him and his wife. And when he had a son, God says to him, I want you to take him up to the top of a mountain and I want you to sacrifice him to me. And it was a test of Abraham's faith. Now, again, you might fall out with me on this one. I don't believe God was ever going to ask him to do that, because that's not what God does. But he was, he was asking him, would you prepare, would you be prepared to do this? So Abraham, in obedience, did that. In obedience, he went to the top of the mountain, he gathered the wood, he took the rope, he tied, ready to tie son's hands with a knife and everything else. But you know, God said, because you were obedient, I'll bless you. And that, this is how James puts it in James 2.22. You see that his faith was Abraham and his actions were working together. And his faith was made by complete by what he did. So Abraham was prepared to be obedient and he just kept on trusting God all the way through. He just kept on believing that God was going to come through. And you know, I, I just want you to know that I believe that's the kind of faith that God responds to. Faith that works. That didn't make sense for Abraham with his son. But just thinking in conclusion about these, these blind men. You know, they're like any one of us. They had a problem. They could have focused just on the problem. But they believed that God could be the answer, could be the solution. I want to encourage you this morning to start looking again to God. Get your mind off the problem, the challenge. Start looking again to God. Keep your focus. Be alert. Be, be thankful. Be all those things. Be focused on the solution, not the problem. These guys have been blind their whole lives. For them, that would be a horrendous thing. Because in that culture, if you had uh, a disability like that, they actually believed that that was because you had done something wrong or your parents had done something wrong. There was a shame that went along with the disability. Horrendous to think that that could be the culture. But that was their reality. They were desperate. They were in a terrible, hopeless situation. They had no reasonable future to, to look forward to. They had nothing there. But they believed God. You know, we can seek God and believe for a miracle. Suddenly, our works and our words, our faith begins to combine together and God comes through. Just begin to pray. Just begin to believe. Stop praying small, stop praying big. Stop thinking small, start thinking bigger. Because as our faith rises, God can help us to see massive things turn around and change. 
My faith is not dependent on what God does. It's dependent on what He's already done. Not just what He's done, what He's going to do, but what He's done. I'm trusting God because of what He's already done. He's saved me, He's redeemed me. God gave His best for me, His only Son. So I'm confident that He's committed to me. I'm not thinking is He bothered. I know that He loves me, that He commits to me, that, that He's for me and never against me. Dependent on who God is. Faith, not in faith. Our faith is not in our faith, but in our God. So let me ask you the question in conclusion. Jesus said to these guys, Do you believe? Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.